We've been in a great series, Reparenting. Reparenting. How it's so awesome to be able to call God Father. Of course, Jesus can be called God Father. Jesus is God's own Son. But when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he started to say, Our Father. So Jesus gives access so that all of us can call God Father. And we've been learning about the reality of knowing that we are adopted as children of God. And we looked at Romans 8 where it says, we did not receive the spirit of slavery that is gripped by fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption. So there's always this challenge with all of us to have a spirit of the orphan spirit, a spirit that we're all alone, a servant spirit that we have to work for love. But God wants us to step underneath the spirit of adoption. And that's why this whole theme of reparenting is so essential. Well, this morning I want us to look at a great picture of reparenting. Jesus told a lot of stories, but uh, maybe one of the most well-known stories, it's referred to a lot as the prodigal son. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. It starts in verse 11. Now, to set up the context, Jesus didn't just share this story randomly. He shared it because you can look back Luke 15 verses 1 and 2. You see there's some characters around Jesus. Verse 1, there's tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors and sinners, these are people that most people didn't really like. They were the bad kids. They were the bullies. They were the ones that were the misfits in class. They were the cheaters. These were the tax collectors and the sinners. They were all drawing near to Jesus. There was something about Jesus where these tax collectors and sinners wanted to get around Jesus. But then verse 2 says there's some other characters. You got the Pharisees and the scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes were the religious ones. They had the nice, the nice jacket. They were wearing the Lacoste uh, logo or the Ralph Lauren logo. Uh, they were wearing the cool clothes. They were the ones that had their hands folded in class and, you know, really prim and proper. These are the Pharisees and the scribes, and it says that they were grumbling. Why? Because they saw that Jesus received sinners and ate with them. Jesus was hanging around the liars, the cheaters. Jesus was hanging around the sinners. So then Jesus tells three stories. Okay, you got the context. Jesus is around all these sinners. You got these people who are religious, and they're saying, why is he around these sinners? So then Jesus tells three stories. He first tells the story of a lost sheep. This lost sheep goes away. And he, gets, he goes away, well, he says that the shepherd would leave the 99 and go after the one sheep. Then he tells a story of a lost coin. A woman has 10 coins, 
loses one, does everything they can to find the coin. And then he tells the story of the lost son. And the lost son is one of two sons, and he goes out. So you got the lost sheep, and that's one of a hundred. Then you have the lost coin, one of ten. Then you have the lost son, one of two. Each one increasing in value to the person. And in each of these, you see two things that happen. Well, a lot of things are similar. But one is that the, the person finds the lost. And in each of these stories, Jesus is saying that God is one that goes after the lost. Our God is one that goes after the lost. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. And he not only goes after them, but he finds them. He finds them. You got verse, verse 6, I have found my sheep that was lost. Verse 9, I have found the coin that was lost. Verse 24, he was lost and is found. So in each of these, the lost are found. And I love that about Jesus. It says in Luke 19, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He not only seeks after the lost, but he saves them. And I love that Jesus goes after the lost. He says in Luke 5, 32, I did not come for the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. Jesus loves the lost. He not only finds the lost, but then he celebrates when he finds the lost. In each of these stories, there, there's a celebration, there's rejoicing. Verses 5 through 7, he puts it on his shoulders and rejoices. Then he comes home and he says, rejoice with me. And then he says that there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. You see, there's a celebration when the lost are found. Then you get to verses 9 and 10. Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is more joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So God not only seeks and saves the lost, but he throws a party when they're found. Hallelujah. These are three great stories, but I really want us to look at the prodigal son here together. The prodigal son, many are familiar with it. It's often referred to as the prodigal son because that's what's in bold letters before the paragraph. Now, those are not inspired, just to tell you. So um, you can call it a number of things. The lost son. You know, you've got the lost sheep, the lost coin. Here's the lost son. You can say the story of two sons because really it's a story as much about the other brother as it is the, the, the lost brother. There's just as much written about both. Uh, Tim Keller calls it the prodigal father. I love that. The prodigal father. A lot of people call it the prodigal son. Prodigal really only means, uh, the meaning of prodigal is lavish, extravagant, a spendthrift, just kind of give, give, give. Well, that is true about the son. The son did. He just was extravagant and went out and lived his life the way that he wanted to. But as much as the son ran away and sinned against the father, God's love is greater still. And it's true of us. When we make much of our sin, we make the story about us. But when we make much of God and his grace, 
We make the story about him. So this morning, I really want us to look at the prodigal father who loves lavishly, who seeks and saves the lost, who really loves his sons. Here's the story. The story is of a son. Many of you are familiar, but the son is one of two. And in verse 12, he says, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. Now, this is so hurtful for the father. Every son is entitled to a share of the father's property, but he wanted it early. He's basically wishing that his father was already dead. You know how hurtful that would be? So he's asking for his inheritance early. It says that he divided his property between them. So he gave both sons equal shares right then and there. The father's just lavish with his, with his gifts. He divided it out. Then in verse 13 it says what the, young, what the son did. He took a journey into a far country. He not only went to the next town, like uh, taking it from Lilburn to Tucker, he went all the way over to Taiwan, like 13 hours from here. He, he went to the farthest place. Again, feel the hurt of the father. Can't imagine what it would be like to, to give him the property, one thing, but then for him to go away to a far distant country. And then it says he squandered his property in reckless living. He spent everything. He just wasted it all. The father, his son just takes what is belongs and he goes off to a far country and he wastes it all. And then it says this about the son. A severe famine arose in that country and he began to have need. He began to have need. I find this interesting. It's like, this is so true of sin, right? Satan promises you something, but he gives you the exact opposite. You see, the son wanted freedom, but instead he got bondage, right? He ended up becoming a servant, and he's eating the pig slop. He wanted a bunch of wealth, but then he ended up with nothing. He wanted just fullness and he thought he could get it all in a far country but he ends up with nothing and this is so true of sin satan promises you something but he gives you the exact opposite so this son he is he's eating with the pigs and then i love verse 17 but when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but i perish here with hunger you see, he's sitting here and he's realizing, man, I'm, I'm worse off than even my father's servants. And then he said, I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. You see, he came to this realization, and then we all do this when we make mistakes. You come up with this like story you're going to tell your parents that you were wrong and uh, so he's thinking through it, and he's got his speech prepared in just the way that he wants to do, and he comes back. Now, I want us all to look at this, at what happens when he comes back. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. Now, look at what the father does. 
But while he was still a long way off, see the son went to a far country, the son was still a long way off. His father does five things. First, he saw him. Second, he felt compassion. Third, he ran to him. Fourth, he embraced him. And five, he kisses him. You see, most fathers, when their sons disobey, most of them are sitting there and it's like anger's welling up. And you start off as just a little, oh, that's a little annoying. And then it gets more to like, oh, that's really annoying. And it's like you're stewing, right? It's like a boiling pot gets hotter and hotter to where you just lash out and you say a word you shouldn't say. No father's done that here, right? No. Never, never, no. But here is the Father. Here is our Father. The Father does the opposite. First of all, He sees the Son. And I want to tell everybody in this room, He sees you. He sees you. No matter how far away you are, He sees you. No matter what you have done yesterday, that disgusting thing that you did, He sees you. He sees you. He not only sees you, he has compassion for you. That word is the strongest emotion you can have. He doesn't have anger for you. He has compassion for you. He has a love for you. He's he's welling up with compassion for you. And then he runs towards you. He runs after you. And in this day, men did not run. It was against uh, dignity to pull up a tunic. They all wore tunics and run. They wouldn't do that. But here is a picture of a father picking up his tunic and running towards his lost son. And when he runs towards him, then he throws a hug around him. And he embraces him. He pulls him in close. This is the word that's like the tightest hug you could ever receive. And then it says he kissed him. And that word kissed, there's two different, uh, there's a romantic kiss that you only do to your spouse, right? Uh, I don't think it was talking about that. The other word is kiss over and over and over and over again. That is the Father. The Father sees us wherever we're at. He has compassion towards you. He runs towards you. He, gives, he puts his arms around you and then he kisses you a hundred times. Hallelujah. He kisses the lost. He kisses... Yeah, go ahead. Make a kissing sound. That's kind of fun. Oh, wow. Now, now literally, that is what the father is doing. Father kisses the son. Then the the son has his speech, verse 21. And then he not only did all those things towards the son, but then he does five more things. Verse 22, bring quickly the best robe. He first gives him a robe. You see, he came in with these scraggly claws. He says, put the robe on him. Then he says, put a ring on his finger. So he puts the ring on his finger, showing dignity and honor. Then he says, put shoes on his feet. You see, servants didn't have shoes. And here he's saying, you are my son. 
I know you said in the prior verse that I'm not worthy to be your son, but he's saying, here, take shoes. Yes, you are worthy. Put sandals on him. And then he says, kill the fattened calf. We're going to have, and then he says, we're going to throw a party. We're going to celebrate. You see, you only kill a fattened calf at Christmas time or the best meal. And so the father's saying, hey, I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate. Uh, it's a great story, and really the story could have ended with that, right? I mean, we all love a good ending. But the story continues. It's the story of two sons, not just one. It says that his older son, in verse 25, was out in the field. Isn't that amazing? The older son was out in the field. The older son was a son, but he was acting like he was a hired servant out in the field. The older son was out in the field, and then he hears this music and dancing, and he's wondering what's going on. And then uh, he goes to another servant. The servant says, they killed the fattened calf. He's returned. Well, then the, the other son, he, he's a little upset, and it's amazing. Look at verse 28, though. It says, the son was angry and refused to go in. But what does the father do? The father sees the other son. The father came out and entreated him. The father had two sons. The father went towards the other son and entreated him. But the other son, what does he say? Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Then look at the father's response in verse 31. And he said to him, Son, he still calls him son. Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is mine. This prodigal father is saying, son, I, you have all the fattened calves. I'd re I'm ready to slay one for you as well. I'm ready to give, you want a goat? I'll give you a goat. He's saying, all that I have is mine. This father is a father who loves his children. It's a great picture of our prodigal father the one who lavishes out on us it's a beautiful story i i love this this story you know there's a kanye west uh is a kind of a recent character who has professed faith in jesus christ and there's a lot of uh, talk out there some people don't believe it you know he mocked God most of his life. He spent his life just spending an uh, exuberant amount of money on worthless things. He, he's on Rolling Stone magazine with a crown of thorns literally mocking Jesus. Well, Kanye has professed faith in Jesus Christ. I read a great one on Facebook because there's a lot of people that are, oh, is this for real? And they said, if you think a man who spent his life as an idolater, an adulterer, as a sinner, 
can suddenly call on Jesus and be saved, you're right. Yeah. Hallelujah! Our God seeks and saves the lost. No matter how lost somebody is, when they call on Jesus, they can have the embrace of the Father. There's another story that just came out this past Monday. It broke my heart. Uh, John Christ is a comedian, uh, YouTube extraordinaire, a comedian, hilarious. He actually graduated from the same high school. I know him. Came out on Monday that he's gotten himself into sexual sin. He's having to cancel his whole, whole tours. My heart goes out to John Christ. I don't judge him. Instead, I plead that he would see the prodigal father seeing John Christ, having compassion for John Christ, running towards John Christ, hugging John Christ, and kissing him. Pray with me that John would receive the prodigal father's love. There's a picture, Rembrandt. He's a character in the 1600s an artist. Uh, Rembrandt spent most of his life just giving himself to worthless things. At the beginning of his painting career, he actually painted himself as this austere guy with lots of uh, rich clothing, and he had a bunch of prostitutes around him. This was at the beginning of Rembrandt's career. Two years before he died, Rembrandt painted this painting right here. It's the prodigal son. He saw himself as the son who returned. Henry Nouwen is a renowned uh, author. Many of us are familiar with him. Henry Nouwen spent his time going around years sharing about Jesus. But then he saw this picture. He meditated on this picture for three years. You know why? Because he saw himself as many of these people in this picture. He saw himself as the prodigal son receiving, well, actually longing to be the prodigal son. He wanted to be that one on the ground receiving the father's love. And instead, he saw himself as the guy on the right, the brother, the brother looking on, the brother wishing he was the son in the father's arms. It's a powerful picture. In response to this prodigal father that we all have, God's given me five words. And I want all of us to write these down. This is the five R's. R's. All right, children, get ready. You guys want that uh, sucker that we promised? Write these down, give them to Steve Phillips. The five R's. Everybody say R. It's like a, like a pirate. Five R's. I don't normally do this, but all right, here we go. First, return to the Father. Return to the Father. No matter how far off you may be, no matter what you have done yesterday or three years ago, that sin that you think you can't be forgiven of, no, return to the Father. Recognize that the Father still loves you. Repent 
return. You can go back. Don't just turn away from the bad, but embrace the love of the Father. Number two, receive from the Father. Return to the Father. Receive from the Father. I love that the Son received the Father's embrace. He received the Father's kisses. He received the ring that the Father put on him. He could have taken the ring off. No, I don't deserve this. He could have taken the sandals off and gone out into the fields. He could have taken the robe off, but he received. We need to receive from the Father every day. When I was a freshman in high school, I loved running track, and my parents uh, would come and cheer me on at the track. They cheered me on in basketball. They were at almost every one of my events. Well, it was my final track meet my freshman year, and I was in the 4 by 400 Each person on the team runs around in a circle and passes it off. I was the third. I got the baton, and I passed four people. I was neck and neck with a guy coming down the home stretch, and I was huffing and puffing. I was 15 meters from the finish line. All of a sudden, my eyes just went black. I woke up and I uh, had skinned up my chest. My face was all bloody and uh, felt terrible. I grabbed the baton, hobbled, and gave it off to the guy. We ended up getting sixth place. I, I crawled to the infield, and I remember feeling so much shame. So much shame, I wanted to dig a hole. Like, I wish I had a shovel put me under right now. I don't want to see anybody. Like, I can't imagine going to school the next day. I felt terrible. I really wanted to just dig a hole. I didn't want anybody to be around. And I'm crying, and I just, I felt terrible. I actually was throwing up, too. Too much description, I don't know. But, uh, TMI. All of a sudden, in the most hurtful moment of my life, I felt a hand on my back. And I honestly, I remember feel, thinking, get away from me. I don't, I don't want that hand on my back. The hand stayed on my back, and I heard a voice. And it was the voice of my dad. My dad got out of the stands. He came and he put his hand on my back. And he said these words, I'll never forget him. I love you. I'm proud of you. You are my son. I love you. I'm proud of you. Just kept repeating it over and over and over. It was like as I was hearing it, as that hand stayed on my back, all the shame was just getting ripped off. And I could get up. And I could go to school the next day. See, we need to receive the Father's love for us. We have a Father who gets out of the stands he sees you when you're hurting. He runs to you. He throws a hug around you. He, he, he kisses you over and over. He puts a ring on your finger and a robe on your back and sandals under your feet. He slaughters the, the calf. Let's throw a party. We need to receive it. Don't be the one that rejects it. Today you have a father who loves you. Don't reject it. He's running after you. He's picking up his tunic and running towards you. Don't reject it. 
So it leads us to the third R. Okay, children, third R. Here we go. Be revived by the Father. Or you could put remain in the Father. This will keep you from becoming the other son. This is where reparenting comes in. You see, you don't want to be the one who... You are a son. The moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are forever a son and a daughter. You don't need to live as a hired servant. You don't need to be the one out in the field. You can be the one in the house receiving his love. So you receive it. Yeah, you received it 10 years ago, but have you received it today? This is where it says that his mercies are new every morning. Jude 1.21 says, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself, remain in the love of God. Be revived by the Father. This picture, it's beautiful. Come back to it. You don't need to be the brother on the side in the robe and the red. Go jump down into the Father's arms every single day. Be revived by the Father. You don't need to be an onlooker looking on. Receive, receive again his love for you. Number four, recommend the Father. Recommend the Father. If you know of somebody who's lost, point them to Jesus that they can receive the Father's love. If you have a son or a daughter or a grandson, don't give up on them. Point them to the Father. And then finally, the fifth one, represent the Father. Represent the Father. This is uh, John 17. Jesus said, I am one with you and they are with me that we may be one together and that the world would know their love by the love that we have for one another. We, we can represent the Father. We can't be the Father for anybody, but the Father's love can be in us and then we can give it to others. We can become a Father that loves others. I heard a great uh, story recently. It was of Jenny. I want to tell you about Jenny. Jenny lost her dad, her earthly dad, to a gunshot wound to the head. Her dad was going down an aisle and he, he got killed in the hospital. That Jenny and her family decided to donate her dad's organs. Her dad's heart went to a man named Mr. Thomas. Mr. Thomas was in heart failure. He received Jenny's dad's heart, and he lives today because of Jenny's dad's heart. Well, Jenny got married, and when it was time to come down the aisle and Jenny was engaged, Jenny was asking, who's going to walk me down the aisle? Well, she stayed in touch with Mr. Thomas and she asked Mr. Thomas to walk her down the aisle. Jenny's physical dad was not with her on the day that she was married, but her physical dad's heart was with her. her this Mr. Thomas walks her down the aisle and he has Jenny put his hand, her hand on his heart. He says, feel that heart. That's, that's your father's heart beating for me. 
You see, none of us can be the Father for anybody, but we can represent the Father. We can receive the Father's love and give the Father's love to those around us. So I want us to respond to the prodigal father. For those of you who are lost, for those of you who are away, return to the Father. Return to the Father and receive the Father's love. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to know the Father. Yeah, worship team, if you can come on up and help us respond. We want to, I want to just give anyone an opportunity right now. If you feel like you are far away, if you have not received the Father's embrace, I want to give you an opportunity right now to trust in Jesus. It says that he became a curse. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. Jesus died for our sins. We can come into right relationship with God. So right now, I just want to give anyone an opportunity to pray this prayer with me silently as I pray it aloud. Father God, I do receive your love for me. I trust in Jesus today. Jesus has paid for my sins. I receive the love the Father has given me. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to invite everybody to stand here. And we want to respond to the Father's love. We want to respond to the Father. We want to receive from the Father. We want to be revived by the Father. To hear him say, you are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. I am pleased with you. I don't know what that looks like for you. If, if you want to come forward, you can step in. Kind of be that, that action that the prodigal son did. You can step into it. You can turn to your neighbor, pray with one another. We're going to sing a song here. You may just want to worship God, but receive afresh the love of the Father here in these moments.